This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, brought to you by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. Orbition Group is delighted to bring this podcast series, which boasts some of the most high-profile data, analytics, and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Each episode details the journey to the top of our industry's most respected leadership figures, while bringing unique insights drawn from first-hand experience on the industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, experiences, and ideas to inspire, innovate, and give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kate Sargent, who is the Director of Data and Insights for the Travel Experiences business at Collinson. I think I got that right, Kate? That's right, yeah. Okay, good. Good. It's always a Always a good start. Um, so look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's topic. Um, something that I guess people speak about, but no one really speaks about it too much. And I've never really understood why, because I think there's a whole host of benefits to be kind of gauged from, from what we're going to speak about today. But I guess before we get into the meat of that, um, can you just give us a kind of a bit of a brief introduction into your background and, and journey to date? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm, yes, more than 20 years now, I think, in, in data and insights um, overall. So I my sort of background is in maths and analytics. So I sort of started my career with an, uh, a master's in operational research back in the day when, when that was the main kind of route into what wasn't quite analytics at that point. Um, so I grew up um, very much as an analyst uh, in my training, um, but I've led research activity on and off um, and teams of researchers on and off for sort of 10 years now um, and took on my first data leadership role around six years ago, um, focusing over data, data science, insight and research and the full um, stable of activities there. Um, and now my focus is on building capability and, and sort of driving data thinking into organisations. That's where I like to focus is on that on that build and on that, that sort of evolution of, of, of capability. I've worked mainly across consumer facing industries um, and categories. So primarily in retail, travel, media, um, which, which I'm just really drawn to because I think consumers tend to have quite strong motivations um, and can develop quite strong positive emotions to those sorts of categories, which just resonates for me at an individual level. Um, and I think that in particular has really given me that insight into what can happen when you bring these disciplines together because that, that really is the opportunity in doing that within those spaces. Okay, fair enough. Um, interesting, and there's certainly things that I want to pick out of, of that as we kind of go through this, but I guess, um, so where you are now at Collison, kind of give us a bit of a overview of the business, what it does, where you fit into that, and you know what your role entails and all that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So Collinson Group itself is a, a, a global customer experience and loyalty organisation. So it operates, it's got uh, some bases, if you like, in 13 countries, has nearly 2000 employees globally, um, with a specific focus across the travel and financial services sectors. Um, so it has specialisms in loyalty, insurance, medical assistance, which is you know, a good good thing to be involved in at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's also the owner of the largest airport lounge access brand, Priority Pass, uh, which we manage on behalf of a portfolio of, of leading financial services clients around the globe. 
Um, currently, back to the medical services point, um, Collinson are, have been in the media recently because of their leading role that they're playing or we're playing in um, rolling out airport testing on arrival as a part of opening up post-travel, uh, sort of travel post-COVID. Um, so we're, we're working very closely with the government and other players in our field to, to try and push that um, conversation forwards. So. Yeah, no, it is. It is really very interesting place to be at the moment, um, but uh, lots of good positive activity there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my role is, so I sit on the leadership team of the Travel Experiences Division, as you, as you called out. So um, really focusing on that priority pass and the the sort of airport uh, opportunity that we have within within Collinson. Um, and my remit is to build out that global data and insight capability um, and really to power our end consumer understanding, ultimately to enable a, sort of a better day of travel experience. So we have over 1,300 uh, airport lounges globally across nearly 150 countries. So my role is to really work alongside my colleagues in, in product, strategy, our commercial and our partnerships teams to recommend focus areas and provide them with the tools and the insights to make better decisions, ultimately to drive better outcomes for the business. It's kind of really my focus. I mean, as, as anyone will know who's, who's been through an airport, as, as I know, I've travelled with business, travelled with with you know two young children in tow. It is high stakes moment for, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> you know, whether, whether you need to, to plug in your laptop uh, to do a little bit of work before travel or whether you're just looking for the nearest food outlet, um, you know, it, it, it's always a moment that, that that people can worry about. So any opportunity to enhance that for our consumers is a great opportunity. And I'm, and I'm sort of really pleased that, that my role enables that to happen. And that's really where our focus is. Perfect. Okay. So you're kind of sitting across from a an airport perspective and the, the travel around airports around the, the experience that the customers have, not just from a product perspective and what they can get their hands on, but also the service and the journey and, and everything kind of combined. Absolutely. Yeah. So our focus is very much, um, yes, it's on providing access to certain facilities within that airport environment across the day of journey, so to and from that airport environment as well, but also on on being a digital companion and providing that digital service alongside that through the app that we have um, so that you you always have the information that you need um, at your fingertips to to have a really joined up and happy journey through through that day of travel. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's really, um, really interesting. Um, Getting into the topic then, and I guess before we kind of start i'd love to know your thoughts on you mentioned you know you kind of studied research as a as a topic before you know it was cool to call it analytics and 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 that type of thing um and then got your first kind of leadership role six years ago what have been the kind of the the key differences or, or or aren't there any really you know is it just kind of changed names like a lot of things have you know they were called something else and it's just the the technology that's enabled to do these things a bit quicker and smarter and things like that um so i think they they are so re- research as in market research and data and analytics if you want to sort of treat them as two very different uh, capabilities have have and I think they have been historically, and I think that that is the the, sort of the reality. And they have grown up in different ways, and and you know for a reason. I think market research. I was doing some research into this actually, and um, it's been around for sort of hundred years now in various forms. Uh, you know, from its sort of earliest days, 
Um, and it's typically, in a commercial sense, grown up in, in product or brand or strategy functions for to um, deliver against a specific purpose. You know, we've got a brand campaign. How is that going to resonate with consumers? We're thinking of launching a new product. How does that need to look and feel for our consumers? Um, data and analytics, as you know, and as I say, is, is a much uh, newer discipline, relatively. You know, when I moved into the industry in the late 90s, uh, you know, analytics didn't really exist in its current form. Certainly data science didn't. Um, at that time, you know, big data was, was something that was very much still growing from small data. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at that point, I think we tended to see those teams grow up within IT, finance, sometimes more direct marketing functions where they had more of an operational purpose. Obviously, with the advent of data science and as that particular sector has grown, those teams have often become centralized into organizations to leverage the more research from a data science perspective uh, focus that those teams can have and the, and the benefits that can come when you bring those individuals together. So they, they, that those teams are often centralizing, but you then still have these research teams often still embedded in the business units. And so you, we, we have this situation often where the goals can, can often be similar, actually, but the activity is taking place in two different parts of the organization. And, and sometimes they're not talking yeah. as much as they could do. So, um, so that, yeah, that, that's kind of what I have seen. Not always the case, but it can be, can yeah. be the case. I found it fascinating because, as you said there, it's been around research. You know, it's been around for a hundred years in some way, shape, or form. But yet, we've got this whole, you know, data analytics kind of capability that's that's kind of relatively new in comparison. Um, and it, it kind of almost begs the question: Why? You know, when they've obviously had all of this data, and what what, what have they been doing with it, and um, you know, and, and that type of stuff. So, on that note, then I guess yeah. the primary purpose of a research team and how that aids the data and analytics capability you know from your experience what what's been the the kind of the basic foundation of that you know in terms of why businesses have a research team and then you know what does that do from a data analytics standpoint yeah no it's a good, good question so i think for, for me the research uh, research teams bring the why supplements the, the what and the how that we see within the data. So data will get us a long way. It will tell us how people are behaving and we can join bits of data up together to form a you know a pretty good picture now um, if we have you know, the, the data infrastructures in place to do so. But we will never necessarily understand the why. You know, why do people do what they do? Uh, you know, human psychology is not perfect. We are not robots, um, and and often there's there's underlying emotions and motivations that we just we just will never see in the data. So, and, and it's when if you can join um, the, the what and the why together at a consumer level, um, that you know that's when the magic can happen, and you can really enhance the understanding on both sides you can really help explain data-driven insights in a much richer way um, and much better inform the actions to be taken as a result. Um, and you can start to have a much more nuanced conversation around this, this behaviour is not blanket. There are different categories of it depending on individuals' perceptions and, and mindsets at a point in time. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yes, there was a, an example that I worked on at a media company um, a few years ago, um, and we looked at the um, the viewing habits, television viewing habits of certain programs, as we could see from the data. And then we also then joined that to um, people's claimed viewing habits of those same programs. 
And what we saw was there were certain types of programs um, that people were overclaiming that they were watching, you know, certain programs that were quite cool to be say, talking about, mm-hmm. that were being talked about in the media, um, but actually people weren't watching them anywhere near as much as they were claiming they were. And vice versa, there were other programs that, that were slightly shameful that people were not admitting, <laughs> and they yeah. were. Um, and so, and that, and that just goes to show that there, you know, people don't necessarily behave in the way that they claim that they do, um, mm. and that can be real opportunities to then overemphasize your advertising or your product when you start to understand those sorts of behaviours. That's really interesting because I guess it gives you, it effectively gives you some context behind the numbers, right, and gives you a. I guess, a, a, a truer reflection of you've got the data on one side and then you've got the answers to the questions that you're trying to answer another. And, you know, if you can combine those two together in some way, shape or form, you're going to get a truer reflection of the of the reality, which allows you to, you know, go and do your analytics and, and kind of, you know, that, that, that side of it better. Okay, fair enough. Okay. I guess, seemingly from my experience, there's there's very few organisations that have kind of embedded team, research teams, within a centralized kind of capability from a data analytics standpoint um, or often full stop for that matter. Um, Why do you think that is when there seems to be such, you know, so much benefit from it? Um, I think there it's, it's interesting. I think some, with some organisations, it is a maturity piece. I think, you know, there can be some some challenges along the way. Um, I think, you know, particularly with those business units that might have research teams embedded, um, there can be a view that, well, they've got everything they need. So why change it if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of kind of mentality. Um, and there is always a risk, I think, if you if you kind of move those people out into a central function, that those functions will seek to backfill with their own capability and, and, and you sort of perpetuate the status quo. And I think the opportunity there is to is to start to demonstrate quite quickly, actually, the benefits of that hybrid model to those business units so that they can understand that this is actually a better thing for them overall and they will end up in a better place as a result. Um, and I think that kind of there are talking about sort of barriers to overcome potential debates to be had around where budgets sit um you know are we going to centralize the budget that's always you know can always be a little bit of a of a small hurdle to get over and i and i think the other piece to call out is that it it can reveal actually um and i don't necessarily think this is a bad thing we can reveal conflicting priorities across business units um so if on the one hand um you know there's a central effort to um, create a new brand identity and there's, there's another business unit doing something that might go against that brand. I'm not saying this has happened, but going against that brand identity, um, then it, it might create you know, an uncomfortable situation, an uncomfortable conversation that wouldn't necessarily have needed to, to arise. As I say, I don't think that's actually a bad thing. I think it can help move conversations along and help organisations mature. But it, it's really important to be aware of those sensitivities, of those nuances, of those potential barriers to moving forwards. And I think that's potentially what can hold, hold some organisations back from doing doing that sort of, or bringing those two capabilities together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, you know, just trying to think about it as logically as possible, I guess it's like most most teams that kind of work together in some capacity if you can if you can start to house them together and get them working together the benefits are probably going to be greater but as you say you know there there may very well be challenges of of kind of making that happen but also then housing them separately my i assume also causes some some challenges especially you know the example you spoke of there around you know trying to 
change a brand or you know if, if the data is telling you one thing that belongs to one team and the research is telling you another that belongs to another team it's yeah. kind of okay well who's right and I guess if you had a yeah. collective team they're probably more likely to come to a conclusion than if they are separate functions which um, interesting okay so I guess from your experience then if you were able to kind of you know bullet point what what the key benefits are that you've seen mm-hmm. from you know your experience what what, what have been the, the the kind of the the key themes that that come up from a you know benefit standpoint of having the the capabilities housed together yeah so i, th- I think i mean the the key benefit is really uh, to create that deeper understanding of the consumer and really build out that 300 people talk about 360 degree view of a consumer and i think this is a key element of that um, and it is it is like sort of joining two halves of a jigsaw puzzle. And, you know, you can only ever see you know a chunk of it. The data will only take you so far. Um, and this really brings in that that different perspective and that 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 broader, more rounded view of a consumer. And I think once you know that, you can develop much more targeted recommendations either to business stakeholders for change or you know directly to the consumers you know either in a data science sense a recommendation sense in that in that way or just in in the tone of voice the imagery and the way that we we liaise with our consumers um, can be much more focused and targeted once we actually start to understand the psychology behind some of their behaviors and i think all of that can be brought to bear in, in a to a sort of much better consumer experience uh, we can drive much better consumer engagement, ultimately much better business outcomes, better loyalty, higher spend, et cetera, the, the sort of outcomes that we're all that we're all seeking. So that that's really, I guess, the, the key benefit. But I think in terms of, of others, so one one of my personal passions is in, in driving continuous development and learning from my team. That's something that I, I like to sort of focus a lot of effort on. And for me, within that space, another benefit is upskilling. Both sets of teams. So in a research team, um, you know, always an opportunity to increase data literacy further. They tend to be very data literate people anyway, but uh, to bring them into that into that data world and, and, and closer to that, you know, is, is a benefit to them sometimes in that respect. And then also for a data and in, an analytics team who may have grown up, you know, say through these IT and finance and more data focused business units, it's an opportunity to open up their eyes if you like to to real life psychology and emotion and and some of those more human aspects of mm-hmm. of the data that they see um, which in turn can help their storytelling abilities and can help them bring their data to life through you know real human stories which is a great way to resonate with with business stakeholders more broadly and uh, and I think the final point is around um in terms of really driving an organization's thinking forward um, and driving a greater consumer centricity and, da- and data-driven thinking you know, into an executive team, um, it really helps create much more compelling uh, stories, if you like, um, to tell to that team and a much, I guess, broader set of experiences and a much more joined up set of outcomes that you can then demonstrate and, and, and that can have a much greater heavy hitting effect to to sort of more senior audiences and and really help with that evolution um, away from what is sometimes more of a trading or product driven focus towards more of a consumer focus. Yeah, some really interesting insight there because obviously I guess the the the, the top level benefit of driving the consumer experience and therefore you know 
an increase in sales and profitability and all that type of stuff. I guess that's um, that, that's that's quite obvious in terms of what the benefit is of getting those two teams working together. But I loved what you just said about you know the upskilling of people because it's such a uh, I guess a prevalent topic right now about yeah. talent and what should and should uh, what what shouldn't and should a a data analytics team be capable of doing and the whole yes they need to be technical and understand the technology but they also need to be able to to tell stories and kind of get buy in from stakeholders so that's a really kind of a fascinating point that you know by putting the the human element of understanding that data because i imagine you know if you're sat there day in day out and all you're looking at is numbers and data you know it's it's probably quite easy to forget where this is coming from and it's just another number to these people right whereas if they're sat with a team that can kind of give them context behind that data and this is where it's come from and this is what it means to these people and this is why they're doing it um as you rightly say you know they're they're able to go and communicate better with their stakeholders to to create that story as to, you know, here's what we've done, here's why we've done it, and based on the research, so on and so forth, which is a really interesting point. And to be honest, not something that I'd I'd thought about. Mm. So I guess throw you under the bus a little bit then. What what are the what are the challenges? What what's kind of um, you know, is difficult to to kind of get under the skin of when you're when you're looking at doing this? And I think it is, I think it's it's about um explaining the benefits showing the benefit really actually to those business units that perhaps you know got used to operating in a certain way it works for them why change um so that 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 is i guess the first um opportunity to to address um with with those business units um and i think the other one and this isn't necessarily a barrier but um we, you have to sell it into your own team, right? You have to sell it into the data analytics team and the research teams themselves. And I think the opportunity for not just career development and learning that I've talked about, but to raise their own profile um, through this sort of activity can never be understated. Um, in my experience, um, particularly with, with uh, sort of data and insight professionals, one of their key motivations can be that they really just want to be able to see that they've made a difference. Um, yes, they like to be able to do the intellectual thing and build the build the model and um, you know build the data, but you know they they will soon tire of that if they if they don't see that it's making a difference. And I think this is one really um, key way actually of, of of enabling them to raise the profile of what they do through partnership with research colleagues. Um, so it's a really great news story to those teams, um, but one that needs to be acknowledged that we need to have. Um, and we, you know, you need to be able to sell that benefit into them and, and make sure that's consciously done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's definitely relevant. And um, I, I don't know, Kate, you, you may have seen a whole host of um, my content on LinkedIn about this, but I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for how you know, trying to coach and develop how organizations trying to attract talent because ultimately, you know, we're, we're very guilty of, you know, here's the job spec, here's a bit about us, here's the requirements that we have, the skills and experience and the technologies that we use and that's what we need and, and so on and so forth. And the biggest motivator that I see from candidates these days is, you know, I'm sick of I'm sick of working somewhere where you know I do a task. 
comes on my desk, I finish it, it goes off, and then then comes the next one. And I never see or hear about that task that I've done ever again. I don't know if it was used. I don't know if it was not used. I don't know if it was right, whether it was wrong, whether it had any value. They've just got no visibility over anything that comes after them. Um, And that's one of their biggest drivers now is, you know, I want to go somewhere where the work that I do is visible to me in terms of the outcomes and, you know, getting some feedback on it and, um, and all that type of stuff. So really interesting that there's a correlation there to be able to, you know, having a research team can give them that opportunity, I I guess, um, which is good. I guess as with anything, when you're going through a process of maybe doing something that's slightly different especially in our world because these things come up all the time and it's for forever changing at a rapid rate but who do you need to go and get buy-in from this um you know to be able to execute this properly so i think it's there are sort of various um teams that could, that can help really bring this to life in my experience so i think all of the, the teams that i sort of mentioned you know across the piece so with marketing with product with commercial um, you know, with the strategy teams, um, try and find a use case, if you like, uh, that, that will benefit them. Um, and there are, there, are always, there are always opportunities across all of those teams. So that's kind of one way to develop, uh, to developing their buy-in from the individual business areas. Um, and then I think the overarching piece is to demonstrate the benefit to the consumer, um, because, you know, every organisation fundamentally is lives or dies by the people who buy its products at the end of the day. Um, and that's the conversation to start with, start to have with the board. Um, so, I mean, where where I've sort of picked off examples, if you like, to do this sort of thing previously um, is sort of using this to directly support customer experience improvements. So if you can start to link customer feedback um, with their actual behaviours and actual outcomes, so if, if, for example, you can see that if a consumer makes a certain comment about a certain aspect of your product or experience um, in a positive way, and we can demonstrate through the data and joining that up that that drives improved loyalty or improved spend, um, then we can start to build a picture of what's important and what's not. Um, because some people might rate things really well and be really super pleased with something that, that an organisation can do for them. But actually, it doesn't move the dial. So what's important is to understand, yes, what's performing well, what do consumers like and what do they not like? But also what what moves the dial in both directions? So what what do they not like? And it really matters. What do they not like? But it doesn't matter and vice versa. And I think by starting to build this picture of sort of high stakes moments across the journey and opportunities to delight and improve the pain points where it matters, you can then start to have really focused conversations based on the data and it just removes all any sort of opinion um, and all of the anecdotes that, that we all like to have um, because we can actually start to see that through the data. Um, and you can get even more feedback um, from that by really delving into the text comments that people have. So text analytics is not a new capability, but it's been around for a while in, in sort of the data analytics field. But that, again, is a, is a mine of, of um, consumer feedback. And, you know, by categorizing that um, in a structured way, that can really play into that understanding as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So it is, it is about using these use cases and, and bringing them to life. And that that is, kind of in my experience, the way to, to move these stakeholders forward and get that buy-in. 
Yeah, absolutely. I guess just to take a step back and you mentioned something there, which kind of piqued my interest, obviously there's from a research perspective, you may find that there's a whole host of positivity comes in in a certain element or negativity, whatever the case may be, but mm. that doesn't change the outcome from a data standpoint. How, how do you kind of go on that journey of kind of cutting through that noise when there's going to be so much data from the research and so much data from the job, if you want to call it that, to kind yeah. of piece piece that together to, to land on the, I guess, the golden nugget information that's really going to help you change and, and move the dial, as you said. Yeah, and I think, yeah, as, as with any any type of, of insight in my experience, it's just about keeping it really simple, right? You know, don't don't give more than three insights at a time, you know, boil it down to one, one or two, no more than three um, key findings, key learnings that you want people to focus on. Talking to the converted, I know, but don't give them a table <laughs> of data, you know, help them understand it, really break it down, down for, um, for your stakeholders and, you know, all the, all the classic uh, advice around understanding their, you know, how they like to receive information and, 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 you know, meet meet them as far as you can where they are. Um, so help them understand what they can do about it. Demonstrate your knowledge of their business area. Um, it, you know, it will always be the way way to go with any any type of insight, research, yeah. or data. Yeah, absolutely. I guess from a from a business perspective, and this is just me thinking out loud here, really. But um, you know, I, I can imagine that anything that's viewed as a positive. Um, whether the data kind of supports it or not from a business perspective is always a good thing. Does, does it become difficult mm. to sometimes, I guess, bridge the gap and, and correlate because, you know, just because someone's rated something really highly, but that's, you know, the data is not backed that up in terms of they're not going to spend more money or, you know, signed up for something else or whatever the case may be, um, doesn't mean that that's not aided their experience which you know uh, another data point might have then impacted it, it how, how do you kind of navigate around that because I imagine that's something that comes up you know in conversations around you know with the board quite a lot you know because if someone's yeah. had a really good experience with something and they rate it really highly they've obviously done so for a reason and whilst that's not necessarily you know directly related to the next data point that you'd associate with it yeah. might be related to the next one if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, it is a really good point. And I, th- and I think this is, you're right. I mean, we should obviously, if, if customers appreciate uh, something that, that the product is giving them, we should never stop saying that, clearly. Yeah. Um, but uh, equally, it, it, I think you're right. It's about recognising the, the different horizons of impact. So, yes, it might not result in um, them reusing the product next month, next year. Um, but over a period of five, ten years, um, it builds up as a kind of... A, harder to articulate engagement and yeah. brand affiliation yeah. well, they, they might um, tell somebody for example who then uses it you know and things like that absolutely so um so abs- yeah you're, you're absolutely right it's with all of these there are there are nuances and no, and no black and whites but what it does allow us to do is really focus on those areas where we might be under focused today that that we know can drive a significant improvement or um, are not in a good place today and we need to fix quite quickly actually um, so we need to do that along with continuing to do the things that we know our customers love yeah absolutely so I guess it it's kind of seems then just like most things it's a an order of prioritization right the the, the way you can get absolutely. quick wins from you go and address that first and anything else that might not you know might not be as as evident or as clear you know that's something that you're looking to um, as you go on that journey so to speak okay Exactly. That makes sense. I guess, obviously, a lot of 
research teams and, and research is done often around the consumer again me yeah. thinking out loud I probably should stop doing this it's a bad habit but um is, is it possible to kind of have the same effect in you know b2b for example absolutely so I mean Collinson group itself has you know does a lot of its business is is b2b or b2b2c right. okay. um and and you know the conversation there is you know ultimately these the businesses that we work with also have end consumers. So, you know, ultimately um, it, it does all come back to that. So I think, and, and, it, and it can really help actually those conversations with B2B clients that you to show that you can understand their consumers. Um, and actually we, we all have a common goal here. Um, and for both sort of sets of, of organizations, if you like, both organizations to actually understand the same consumer, the same consumer and be on the same page and have the same ambitions and, um, understanding of what we need to do to make that experience better, that can only be a good thing. And it can really help build B2B relationships in, in, in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. So this all boils down really to the consumer and whether it's your direct customer or whether you're one of your customers, customers, it's, it's yeah. all about that. Right. Got yeah. it. Okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so I guess as we start to try and wrap this up then, if there are other data leaders out there, because um, I mean, I imagine that there's there's hundreds that have thought about this that would probably love to try and, you know, have this combined um, effort and approach and they're considering doing it. What's the kind of, you know, key steps that, that they should be, you know, looking at in order just to get started? Yeah, um, so I think the first first piece is, you know, build a relationship with, with if you're in a data and insight function today, build a relationship with the research team, you know, show that you're on the same side. Um, if you like, we have the same goals, um, propose one or two use cases that will really demonstrate the benefit to the business. And that will also resonate across the widening, the wider business and allows you to tell um, a, a compelling consumer story. Um, always start small, find discrete use cases share the results widely. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of PRing what we do and, and using available available comms channels. Um, in previous role, um, we did this, we did this to, to really good effect and I led a, uh, a sort of a broad corporate comms program um, over a number of months actually to bring forward some of our joint insights that we pulled together across data and research um, to the point where the... Um, the outcome was that the, the the corporate strategy was amended to to focus more on consumer as a result. So that was a really effective um, route to that end goal. Um, and always always think about how you will tell that story more broadly to to the the broader audience. Um, but yeah, I mean, and always of course demonstrate tangible business outcomes. You know that that's ultimately what, what people want to see. Yeah. So I guess it seems like, as with most things in data analytics, it's it's taking something, doing it on a small scale, prove it works, go and shout about it, show everybody that it works, and then start to kind of, you know, broaden that kind of workload and, and the size of the yeah. projects that, that you're trying to, tr- trying to impact, I guess. Absolutely. Indeed, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fine. I guess final bit of this then especially for businesses that might not have a research team but you know mm. may, maybe want to to start to bake that into their data analytics capability where, where do you find these people and, and attract these people is it similar to you know going finding data analytics capability or or is it a different kind of ball game altogether 
It is, it is a different skill set um, for sure. So you wouldn't necessarily um, look in exactly the same places as you would for for data and analytics professionals. Um, but as I said earlier on, you know, research is a very established discipline. There are lots lots of very talented um, individuals in this in this space out there, um, both client side and and agency side. Um, and I think yeah. I'm increasingly actually seeing that certainly agency side organizations are starting to combine those sorts of organizations are starting to combine these capabilities together. Um, and I think, you know, as, as data becomes increasingly important and as data professionals increasingly re- need to understand the context of the consumer, I, d- I do believe that the, the two disciplines will start to come together more often, actually, and, and, and organizations will continue to see the benefit of, of doing that um, and they and those individuals will become more in demand and more prevalent the ones who can see across and see the potentials so um so yeah there are lots of lots of great people out there um already doing doing and increasingly starting to do this thing in my experience yeah fair enough very good okay um Kate if anybody out there has kind of got any questions are you open for people to kind of reach out and kind of pick your brains on this type of stuff and if so what's the what's the best way to get hold of you absolutely of course so yeah i'm on linkedin um so let me let me up kate sergeant group on linkedin um so yeah absolutely feel free to drop me a line perfect kate well it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for coming on the podcast and um, we'll speak to you very soon Great. Thanks very much. See you later. Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, please follow our Bishon Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back.